You may be seated. Pueden sentarse. I want to give a big welcome to you to Sunrise Community Church on this Sunday morning. Bienvenidos a todos a la Iglesia Amanecer. My name is Russ Siders, and it's such a blessing for me every day to be a part of this community. Been a part of it for over 20 years, and it's uh, it gets better as time goes on. Uh, soy parte de esta comunidad más de 20 años, y ha sido una gran bendición. If you're just here for the first time, uh, we are really glad you're here, and we want you to know about something. We have a little a little card inside of the uh, the paper you got, the, the brochure you got at the beginning, the bulletin, and you can fill that out and you can let us know that you were here. You can let us know how we can be praying for you, in touch with you. We want this to work for you. So later on, we'll be having an offering time. If you're here for the first time and this is what you can offer today, that would be even great. Uh, so we want to encourage you to take advantage of that. Hay una tarjetita que se puede prender el boletín y escribir su información de contacto. Si están aquí por primera vez, queremos estar en contacto con ustedes y orar por ustedes, saber cómo apoyarlos en la trayectoria. We have a wonderful gift in our midst, and that is our children. And I want to allow our children right now to go out for children in worship time. That's for our boys and girls up to fifth grade. And we also have an infant and toddler nursery straight out those doors and just around the corner to your right. And we want to encourage parents that have little ones to also take advantage of that ministry. Los niños ya pueden ir al tiempo de niños en adoración para los niños hasta quinto grado. And we're grateful, too, for those that serve by sharing with our children and caring for our children during this time as we look into God's word together. Um, there are also Bibles in the back. I wanna invite you to grab one if you don't have one uh, to take advantage of those Bibles. We'll be opening those up in just a minute. Hay Biblias atrás también que pueden usar. Well, I don't think I have to work really hard to convince you that distraction is a major problem today for us. La distracción es un gran problema para nosotros. I mean, we're living in a society that in a way you could say is suffering from attention deficit disorder. We, we all suffer from this. Todos sufrimos de déficit de atención. It's not getting any better. In fact, here's the thing I, it just occurred to me not too long ago. We, all of us, uh, in our pockets or in our purses, are carrying around a machine that is actually training us how to be distracted. This thing right here, it trains us. Esta máquina nos capacita para ser cada vez más distraídos. I read a recent statistic, and I think it's probably accurate. It said that it is estimated that 47% of our waking hours are spent daydreaming or thinking about something other than what we're doing at the moment. Almost half of our waking time, casi la mitad de nuestras horas, las pasamos pensando en otras cosas que no estamos haciendo en el momento. In fact, right now, as I'm talking right now, I can see it out there. Some of you are still, you know, starting to think about what's for lunch. Maybe you're wondering about your favorite team, what's going to happen in the football game, or what you have to face in your schedule this week. A lo mejor están pensando otra cosa ahora mismo, and I just want to say, Hello! Right? Everybody here, are you with me? We're going to try, okay? We're going to try really hard over the next uh, few minutes to focus in today on a powerful story from Scripture that I think has something very important to say to us about our relationship with God in this regard. Hay una historia que vamos a mirar de la Biblia hoy. And it has to do with what we've been talking about in this series of next steps in our faith. Se trata de los siguientes pasos en nuestra fe. 
So what I wanna invite you to do is to look with me at this scripture, to look it up. It's from Numbers chapter 22. Numbers is the fourth book of the Bible. Es de Números 22, el cuarto libro de la Biblia. On the screen, we have some page numbers that are tied to those Bibles in the back that will help you to find it. We're looking at Numbers 22 as you're paging there. I hope we can do two things at once and not be distracted. Al buscar el texto, quiero hablar de algo. I wanna give you the background of the scripture we're gonna read. So the people of Israel have been wandering through the desert for 40 years. They escaped slavery from Egypt. Los Israelitas están en el desierto 40 años and they're nearing the end of their time and they're preparing to go into the promised land of Canaan uh, that God has reserved for them. Se están preparando para ir a Canaan, la tierra prometida. Okay? And so on their way, as they're getting closer and closer to their goals, they begin to score some impressive military victories over some of the enemies that are around them. Empiezan a tener algunas victorias militares en el camino. They defeat this guy named Og, the king of Bashan, and another guy, Sihon, the king of the Amorites. And now, as we come to Numbers 22, they are camping in a region known as Moab, and we have that on the map there. If you look where the red circle is, están en la región ahora de Moab, and they're just across the River Jordan there to the east of Jericho, which is the first stop in the Promised Land. Están cerca de Jericho, al este del río Jordán. And the king of Moab, whose name is Balak, he finds out that the Israelites are camped out in his territory and he is understandably concerned in light of what he's heard. And so in his, in his fright, in his stress, he sends some messengers to a faraway land to get this holy man, this magician guy of sorts, whose name is Balaam. So Balak sends for Balaam, and he wants Balaam to come with him. Uh, Balak envía un mensajero a, a Balaam, que es un profeta, un mago. So in Numbers 22, verse 5, this is the message that Balak gives to Balaam, the holy man. He says, hey, look, Balaam, a people has come out of Egypt. They cover the face of the land, and they've settled next to me. Hay un pueblo que salió de Egipto que ahora cubre la tierra y ha venido a sentarse cerca de mí. So Balaam come and put a curse on these people because they're too powerful for me. Perhaps then I can defeat them and drive them out. Te ruego que vengas y maldigas a este pueblo porque es más poderoso que yo. Tal vez yo pueda así vencerlos. For I know, Balaam, that those you bless are blessed and those you curse are cursed. Sé que a quien tú bendices queda bendito y a quien tú maldices queda maldito. So get this, he doesn't think he has enough soldiers to defeat Israel, so he's going to resort to magic. He asks Balaam to come and put a spell over the Israelites. Pida Balaam poner hechicería sobre los israelitas. And he says, you know, I know you can do this, Balaam, because the people you bless are blessed, the ones you curse are cursed. A quienes tú maldices son malditos. Él dice, por eso quiero que hagas esto. It's interesting that he says, those you bless are blessed. Those you curse are cursed. It actually reminds us of something that God said about the people of Israel. Es algo que Dios dijo del pueblo de Israel. Let's look back at Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. Genesis 12, 3. God is speaking to Abraham, who is the father of the Israelites. 
Dios habla a Abraham, padre de los israelitas. He says, I'm going to make you into a great nation, and I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. Bendeciré a los que te bendigan y maldeciré a los que te maldigan. Interesting. Qué interesante. So, Balak the king is asking Balaam to curse the Israelites, but God says, whoever curses this people, that curse is going to boomerang and it will curse you. Balak le pide maldecir a los israelitas, pero dice que los que les maldice van a quedar malditos. And so, somehow I can't help but think, Balaam understands this. If I go and curse these people, I'm going to end up whacking myself with a spell. All right, that's not good. And so he says, no, not going to do it. Not going to go there. I'm not going. Que va, no voy, dice Balan. The king offers him money. He says, I don't care if you give me a boatload of money. I'm just not going to go. I don't care if you give me, I don't care if you offer and empty your coffers for me. Not going. No voy aún si me ofreces mucho dinero. Well, then in Numbers 22.20, we're told that in the night, God appears to Balaam in a dream. Dios le aparece a en un sueño y le dice, go. He says, go in that dream, but only do what I tell you to do. Ve, pero solo haz lo que yo te diga. All right, so that's the context. And then in verse 21 of Numbers 22, we pick up the story. Listen to this. Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. Balaam se levantó por la mañana, ensilló su burra, y partió con los gobernantes de Moab. But God was very angry when he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey, and when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a sword drawn in his hand, she turned off the road into a field. Balaam beat her to get her back on the road. Mientras iba con ellos, la ira de Dios se encendió en el camino y el ángel del Señor se hizo presente, dispuesto a no dejarlo pasar. Balaam iba montado en su burra y cuando la burra vio al ángel del Señor en medio del camino con la espada desenvainada, se apartó del camino para meterse en el campo. Pero Balaam la golpeó para hacerla volver al camino. We go to verse 24. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between two vineyards with walls on both sides. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat her again. El ángel del Señor se detuvo en un sendero estrecho que estaba entre dos viñas con cercos de piedra en ambos lados. Y cuando la burra vio al ángel del Señor, se arrimó contra la pared con lo que lastimó el pie Balán. Entonces Balán volvió a pegarle. We go to verse 26. Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn either to the right or to the left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam and he was angry and beat her with his staff. El ángel del Señor se les adelantó y se detuvo en un lugar más estrecho donde ya no había hacia donde volverse. Cuando la burra vio al ángel del Señor, se echó al suelo con Balán encima, entonces se encendió la ira de Balán y golpeó a la burra con un palo. So let's, let's just summarize the story up to this point. Balaam is, is saddled up on his donkey. He's heading out to go with these guys, and God appears to him. 
the angel of the Lord, the, the messenger or presence of God somehow appears in front of Balaam. El ángel del Señor, la presencia de Dios está en frente de Balaam. But Balaam doesn't see it. Él no lo ve. Now that's interesting because you see later on in this story, Balaam actually says, I am Balaam, the one who sees everything clearly. Interesting that he would say that about himself. Él dice, yo soy Balaam, clarividente más tarde. He's not seeing it. But the donkey is, right? The donkey sees. El, la burra ve que Dios está ahí. So we go on to verse 28. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? El Señor hizo hablar a la burra, y ella le dijo a Balaam, ¿Se puede saber qué te he hecho para que me hayas pegado tres veces? And here's the funny thing. Almost without skipping a beat, Balaam answers the donkey. You've made a fool of me. Really? You're talking to a donkey, dude. All right? So if I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. Te has venido burlando de mí. Si hubiera tenido una espada, te habría matado. And the donkey says to Balaam, am I not your own donkey, which you've always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? ¿Acaso no soy la burra sobre la cual siempre has montado? ¿Alguna vez te hice algo así? Well, no, Balaam says. And then verse 31 says, the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. So he bowed down low and fell face down. El Señor abrió los ojos de Balán y este pudo ver al ángel del Señor en el camino y empuñando la espada. Balán se inclinó y entonces se postró en la tierra. So what's going on here? This is rather unusual talking donkeys, angels appearing out of nowhere. What is the point? Why is this happening? ¿Por qué pasa esto? We want to look at verse 32, the very next verse. The angel of the Lord asked Balaam, why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I've come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one. Before me, el ángel del Señor le preguntó, ¿Por qué golpeaste tres veces a tu burra? ¿No te das cuenta de que vengo dispuesta a no dejarte pasar? Porque he visto que tus caminos son malos. God says to Balaam, I'm here to stop you because your path is a reckless one. Tu camino es malo, dice el Señor Abalán. Now that particular phrase, I'm not an expert in the original languages of the Bible, but Supposedly, that's a very difficult phrase to translate. Es difícil traducir esa frase. Your path is a reckless one. Some Bible versions say, your path is contrary to me. You're going against me. Algunas versiones dicen, tu senda es contraria a la mía. Or sometimes it says, your path is a crooked one. Or your path is perverse. Tu senda es perversa, a veces dice. What's the idea here? The idea is that as Balaam is riding down the road, he is obviously rushing towards disaster and he doesn't even know it. He's distracted. He's daydreaming. He's not paying attention. Está distraído. No está prestando atención. He's missing something here. He's clueless. And the irony of this story is that the real donkey here is not the animal underneath Balaam. The real donkey is Balaam. El verdadero burro no es el animalito abajo, es Balaam mismo. Why? 
Because he's not on the lookout for God. No está buscando a Dios. Remember what God said to Balaam before he got on his donkey. Go, but only do what I tell you. Ve, pero solo haz lo que te diga. But somewhere along the line, we don't know how, we don't know where. I don't think he had one of these, but maybe, I don't know. Somewhere along the line, he got distracted. Somewhere he stopped looking for God. He stopped listening for God. Dejó de escuchar o de buscar a Dios. And as he's whistling on his merry way, he doesn't know. The one thing God's asked him to do, he's ignorant of it. And so here's the deal that we see in the story of Balaam. That God had a purpose for him that he didn't understand. And he had to pay attention because you see, God didn't send Balaam with King Balak to curse the people of Israel. That was what Balak wanted. Balak quería maldecir a la gente, pero Dios no lo envió a Balaam por eso. God's plan was different. In fact, if you read on the story, you find that King Balak sets up a, a cursing ceremony. He puts everything in order for a cursing ceremony. El rey pone todo en orden para una ceremonia de maldición. And Balaam gets up there and under God's command, Balaam doesn't curse the Israelites. He blesses them. He blesses them not once, not twice, not thrice, four times he blesses the Israelites and the king. Balak's like, ah, oh, why did I get this guy to help me? Cuatro veces el bendice a los israelitas. That's what God wanted to, to remind Balaam, to tell him. I think there's a piece of wisdom here from this funny little story. It's more than a funny little story. There's something here for you and me in our relationship with God. Hay algo aquí para nosotros hoy. It has to do with next steps. It has to do, I think, with, with serving God. Tiene que ver con el servir a Dios. That as we go through life and as we desire to, to seek God and to serve God, the first step we need to understand in service to God the first step to serve God is, is to pay attention to what God is doing, not to focus so much on what we're going to do. And yet the temptation is to do that. El primer paso es enfocarnos en lo que Dios está haciendo, no en lo que nosotros vamos a hacer. Balaam was so focused on what he was doing, he wasn't paying attention to God. Now, we've been in this series on next steps, and it really ties into four key words that we've identified as part of the purpose of Sunrise Community Church and really as a part of the, the Christian life, the life of a disciple or a follower of Jesus. Hay cuatro palabras clave que usamos aquí para describir la vida de un discípulo. And you may see those words around here from time to time. Those four words are worship, grow, serve, multiply. Adorar, crecer, servir y multiplicar. You could really summarize it. This is, this is the path. This is the way that we are to go as we follow Jesus into the deeper waters of faith. And, and so several weeks ago when we began this series, we talked about how Jesus calls us out of the shallow waters into the deeper waters. And part of that is to repent and to believe. 
Para seguir a Jesús tenemos que arrepentirnos y creer. Repent literally means to change our path. It means to go away from the path we're on, the crooked path, to get on God's path. To do that, we forsake our thoughts. We, we trust in God's higher thoughts and God's higher ways. Confiamos en los pensamientos y caminos de Dios que son más altos. And so we repent, we turn onto God's path, and then we believe, we trust Jesus to lead us on that path. And he's in front of us, and we are following after him. Él está enfrente de nosotros y lo seguimos. And then as we, as we do that, we worship him. And we grow, we grow in our understanding of God, in our knowledge of who Jesus is, what he's like. We grow in the ways of Jesus. Adoramos y crecemos en los caminos del Señor. And as we worship and as we grow, God is then going to also send us out to go serve and to multiply our faith, to share a blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing to the world. We're not here to curse the world. We're not here to condemn the world. We're not here to hate the world. We're here to serve and to multiply the message of Jesus. Al adorar y crecer, vamos para servir y multiplicar la bendición de Jesús en nuestro propósito. But as we do that, we cannot leave the steps of worship and grow behind. Serving can never take the place of worshiping Jesus. El servir no tiene lugar de adorar a Jesús. Serving cannot take the place of growing in God's word and growing in, in Christ-like characteristics like Martin was talking about last week, to grow in, in uh Uh, you know, faith, and to add to your faith, goodness, and to add to your goodness, knowledge, and to add to your knowledge, you know, down the road it goes, one quality after another. Service can't replace growing. El servicio no puede reemplazar el, el crecer en el carácter y la palabra de Cristo. But there is a danger that we all have. It's the danger of distraction. It's the danger of falling into what we might call Balaam's curse. What's Balaam's curse? Well, it's not the curse he gave Israel because he didn't curse them. It's the curse he gave himself. La maldición de Balaam. Balaam's curse is to go through life like a donkey with blinders on. Balaam's curse is to just go riding on our happy, merry way without paying attention to God. La maldición de Balaam es, es seguir la vida sin prestar atención a Dios. Jesus is in front of us. He's waving a sword. Not to beat us, that sword is called the word of God and it's to guide us. Jesús está con una espada enfrente para guiarnos. Es la palabra de Dios. But I don't know about you, but this is the curse I battle. The curse you battle. We go through life every day, and it's like, okay, I'm riding life. Life is like this donkey, all right? And I'm trying to get this thing down the road, and oh, my, life is going good. Oh, man, life is not going good. Beat the donkey. Come on, life. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. I got to work harder. I got to do more. I got to make more money. I've got to, you know, whatever it is. And we're so consumed in getting the donkey of our lives down the road. We're beating it up and it's going off the road this way and it's going off the road that way. And we're not looking up and paying 
attention to the Lord who's in front of us. Estamos montados en la burra que es la vida, golpeándola para que sigamos adelante, desviándonos aquí y allá y no prestemos atención a Dios. And what happens? The more you beat the donkey of life, the more you burn out. The more tired you get, discouraged, maybe even depressed. The story of Balaam is not just a funny story. It carries, I think, a pointed warning for us. Esta historia tiene una advertencia para nosotros. And especially for those of us who may say, I want to serve God. Beware of Balaam's curse. There's this temptation, I think, for all of us, myself included, to replace worshiping and growing with service. Queremos reemplazar el crecer y adorar con el servicio. I've seen it. If it's not my Sunday to serve, I'm not going to be here. I don't have to go and study my Bible or maybe join that group because you see I'm serving over here and that counts. Estoy sirviendo aquí, no tengo que ir a ese estudio o ir a, a servicio este domingo. God, I'm standing up here preaching your word and I'm teaching the people. You know, I, I don't have to pay attention to, to the things of my own life. I don't, I don't need to take some time apart. I'm too busy, I gotta I got ride the donkey here. I got things to do. Dios, estoy predicando tu palabra, no tengo tiempo para... You know what the story of Balaam says to me? God can use any jack donkey to do his will. He doesn't need me. Dios puede usar a cualquier burra para hacer su voluntad, no necesita a mí. So if I get filled with self-importance, if I get filled with this idea that, that God needs me, Who's the donkey? But you see, here's the thing. What we do for God, our service to God is not what matters. It's not what we do for him. It's what we do with him. And here's the thing, even more, it's what he has done for us. No es nuestro servicio a Dios que importa, es lo que Él ha hecho por nosotros. I'm not saved, I'm not right with God by my service. I'm right with God because of what He has done. And the Bible tells us about another man who came riding on a donkey. Había otro hombre sobre un, una burra que llegó and he came to this city called Jerusalem and in Luke it says that his face was resolutely set to go to Jerusalem. Why? To obey his father. He was paying attention. He was laser-like focused on the will of his father. Este hombre vino en una burra a Jerusalén enfocado. Se hizo el firme propósito de ir a Jerusalén para obedecer a su padre. And he was not to be deterred from the right or to the left. He stayed focused on that purpose all the way to going to the cross and dying for us, for the sin of the world, for the curse of sin on us. El murió en la cruz por la maldición del pecado. We are blessed. We are blessed because Jesus is the anti-Balaam. 
Jesús es el antibalán. He paid attention to his father and he paid attention to us. We're blessed, but what happened? He got cursed in our place. The curses that belonged to us fell on him. Las maldiciones de nosotros cayeron en él. In fact, Galatians 3.13 says that. It says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Cristo nos rescató de la maldición de la ley al hacerse maldición por nosotros. Pues está escrito, maldito todo el que es colgado de un madero. It's written, cursed is everyone who's hung on a tree. Jesus rode a donkey into Jerusalem to die for us. He paid attention to his father's will. He died and then he rose again from the dead. Jesús prestó atención, murió y resucitó. And here's what he's done. He has now poured out on us the blessing, the gift of the Holy Spirit to all who worship in him and follow him. The gift of the Holy Spirit is given. Tenemos el regalo de, del Espíritu Santo. That means Jesus is always with us. He's in front of us. He's behind us. He's beside us. He's within us. We always have the guidance we need, but we need to pay attention. Siempre tenemos la guía del Espíritu Santo, pero hay que prestar atención. And before Jesus left this earth, with his disciples in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, he gathered his disciples after he had risen from the dead, después de su resurrección junto a Jesús a sus discípulos, and he said this to them, he said, he said, do not leave Jerusalem. Don't just get on the road and go out. He said, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. No se alejen de Jerusalén, les dijo, más bien esperen. El regalo, la promesa del Padre de la cual les he hablado. John baptized you with water, but in a few days you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Juan les bautizó con agua, pero van a ser bautizados del Espíritu Santo. The Holy Spirit's going to come on you and you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to go out and serve and bless the world. From Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth. Van a recibir el poder del Espíritu Santo y ser mis testigos hasta los confines de la tierra. You're going to serve a great purpose. But wait. So for 10 days, 10 days, the disciples waited in a room together. Diez días esperaron. What did they do? They worshiped. They prayed. They opened up the, the word of God and they read it. And they sought God together. Adoraron, oraron, abrieron la Biblia, la leyeron. Juntos. And at the end of the 10 days, Jesus' promise was fulfilled and the Holy Spirit came upon them and started a big bang. A big bang that, that has sent shock waves through the centuries all over the world. It's, we're a part of that big bang. We're a part of that explosion of blessing that Jesus gave. Somos parte de la explosión de bendición que el Espíritu Santo nos dio. And so we're called now to go out and to continue that. But as we serve, we need to understand something. As we serve and multiply the blessing of Jesus in our daily lives, at the same time Jesus says, go and serve, he also says, wait and pay attention. Al decir, vayan y sirvan también, dicen, esperen y presten atención. Pay attention to me. So this week, the question I want to ask you is, how might Jesus be leading you to serve? 
¿Cómo puedes servir a Jesús esta semana? With that question, I want to ask the second question. How might Jesus be asking you to wait, to pay attention, and to worship? También como deben esperar y prestar atención. I said before, we have this device that trains us how to be distracted. We have another device, another gift that trains us how to focus and pay our attention on God. Este aparato nos ayuda a prestar atención a Dios. And we have been in a project as a church to read the Bible every single day. And this is why. So that we don't have to beat the donkey of life blindfolded. We can have direction. We can see Jesus through his word. Vemos a Jesús en su palabra. So if you've had a little bit of a reckless path lately and you've gotten off the beaten path of, of reading God's word, I want to encourage you. I'm not going to beat you. I'm going to say, get back on and look at the blessing of seeing Jesus in your daily life through his word. Quiero animarles a leer la palabra de Dios a diario, every day. Here's another thought. It's just a thought. It's something I've been trying here in the last little bit, uh, and I didn't make it up. How about, this is scary, how about turning this thing off just for one hour a day and leaving it in another room? <gasps> I hope it's going to be okay over there. Try that. Apaguen esto una hora cada día. And then use some of that hour. Not to go on another device. Where's my Kindle? Where's it? Where does it go? No. Use that time to pay attention to God. Or pay attention to the world, the beautiful sky, the weather, the trees that are changing colors, the people around you. God is showing up in our path every day. Many beautiful ways, sometimes in ways that we don't like, but it's God. Pay attention. Meeting a Dios en, en su senda. God, help us not to be like stubborn mules. Let's take the next step and pay attention. Prestemos atención que no seamos burros ante Dios. One of the ways we can pay attention is what we're going to do right now in just a few moments. We have what we call an offering time. I think it's a time to pay attention to God. Tenemos la ofrenda, es una oportunidad para prestar atención a Dios. One of our generosity principles at Sunrise is that God always blesses us when we're generous. He blesses us with more of himself. I think as we give, we actually open up our eyes and we see more of God. Dios siempre bendice a los que dan con más de sí mismo. Así que les invito a dar. So I'm going to invite you right now. I'm going to pray and then we're going to have this opportunity to give as well. Vamos a orar. Lord Jesus, I am so thankful that you are there. I confess I miss you all the time. Lord Jesus, stretch us Stretch us in our spiritual perception. Enseñanos a tener percepción espiritual. 
And I, I'm excited to see how you might come into our lives this week, how you might show yourself, because you are there. I wanna pray encouragement for those who are beaten by life, downtrodden. Help them and help me to look up and to see you are not just a vision, you're not just a thought, you are real, Jesus, and you are with us. Ayúdanos a levantar los ojos y ver que tú no eres solo una ilusión, eres real, estás con nosotros. Bless both the gift and the giver and those who receive through these gifts, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.